This is Adventure Seekers Welcome, Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards Tolerated. I'm your host, Rand Law, the author of the Mystic Dreamwalker series. And for today's inspirational quote, I have one that has been attributed to many. More likely than not, this man was the original speaker of the idea in its current vernacular. It goes something like this. I'm a great believer in luck. And I find the harder I work, the more I have of it. Thomas Jefferson. As it is, luck is hard to come by. Although, bad luck is not necessarily difficult to find. Oftentimes, our bad luck turns out to be some of our best instruction. If this is correct, then most of us have exceptional teachers. But what we do with it determines how far we go and how lucky we are. Next on our agenda, mind and body. Yes, today we will be talking about Tokushi Kenpo Camp, martial art, meld mind and body together into one unifying unit. And seeing my friends come together certainly lived up to the old adage of the proof is in the pudding. Tyson won the battle axe swinging competition hands down while Ben displayed the physique and toughness that earned him the title of Tetsujin. Meanwhile, we studied Fusuki, self-defense techniques, but from the Tokushi tradition, usually referred to as escapes, and we applied the circle-square-triangle method to each of these, which gave us the circular blending, the square freezing, and the triangle escaping postures. These were combined with the primary, secondary, and tertiary principles of Tokushi Kenpo. From there, we went on to the five-star system of Kazushi, much like the five-star system of blocks from the Fujin white crane system of Kung Fu. But unlike the Fujin five-star blocking system, in Tokushi Kenpo, we utilize more receptions with the goal of Kazushi on contact, utilizing the golden ratio elements reflected in the numbers 3, 6, 9 as our primary goal. After that, we went into our basic wrist locks and we covered the five weapon types, blunt, edge, flexible, projectile, and combination weapons. Of course, the Manriki Kasari was featured as promised, and the Teiko as well as the Karambit were discussed and penned for the next Tokushi Kenpo camp. Along the way, we touched upon iron body conditioning and iron palm methods. While mixing the circle, square, and triangle with our walks and our five-star Kazushi, we also had a lot of philosophic and theology discussed during camp. This included discussions on art, music, as well as literature and films. We even stopped to listen to Robert Cray do the smoking gun song that I was so enamored with in the 80s. And some of the students were able to endure the opening strands of The Wizard from my rendition of Ozzy's song. Of course, I substituted 
Patricia for the word wizard, and she helped make the camp magical. And as I had promised to her, I fulfilled her request to let go of my wide-brim straw hat that had seen much wear and was showing a lot of holes, much to the embarrassment of my wife. However, I looked at it as a good pair of Levi's just being broken in, except for straw and on my head instead of the other end, although some would claim it's hard to tell the difference. As to the camping portion of the camp, we did have beautiful, bright, pleasant weather for about five minutes every few hours, which was enough to allow us to get a nice little walk-in and purchase some Amish pies and get nice fresh brown farm eggs from neighbors. Tyson also bringing a chainsaw along was able to cut up some end pieces for throwing targets for our shurikenjutsu practice. Or should I say for the students to have targets for their shurikenjutsu practice. We even had enough dry firewood that we were able to set bonfires several times and we also worked with our rocket stove. Although the rain and fire should have been enough to subdue some of the animals from the woods, we did hear the coyotes and during the night we heard a big bear growling close by to the hammocks and tent. No campers were harmed by the bear. The loss of my walking companion inspired the next haiku. Of course, my wife was correct for wanting me to destroy the hat. You see, I did have to go and have a little surgery done on my ear, so perhaps the holes in the hat weren't giving me the sun protection that I needed. Nonetheless, it had been a constant walking companion. The following haiku is entitled, Draw Hat. A fiery farewell on a promise that was kept, faded and well-worn. Did you know that on October 25th, a battle had begun in France? Although the English nobility would claim it was lands owned by England, this disagreement turned into what was later to be referred to as the Hundred Year War. It started in 1337 and lasted to 1453. Wait a second. That's uh, 116 years by my count. Some historians are not all that familiar with the working of basic addition and subtraction. Or maybe it was just poetic license. Nonetheless, the Hundred Year War does sound a little cooler than the 116-year conflict. And this was a on-again, off-again type of generational war marked with periods of conflict and treaty. Of course, it would have been a lot worse if it had been continual battle from beginning to end. And it was medieval times, so there wasn't a lot of destruction to the landscape. Arrows and blood spilled don't disturb the earth as much as landmines and bombs. It all boils down to who was in charge of an old claim on this portion of France. It seems that in 1337, the English King Charles died 
leaving possession of the crown of France in question. I guess he had conquered France at one point, and once he was out of the way, the French believed that everything was due back to them. However, the English crown had another point of view. In theory, France, the largest and richest state in Europe, should win any conflict, but it didn't appear to be working out for them as in every skirmish and battle that they entered into seemed to go to the British. Now, there was a lot of theories and speculation as to why the English, although heavily outnumbered and lacking a good cavalry, was able to succeed time and time again. Maybe this was because not all of the battles were on land. There were also sea battles, and England was becoming quite well known for its ever-increasing ability to protect their island nation. But what astounded most people was their ability to do so against the heavily armored knights of France when they were having battles on land. Much of this was due to the English longbow and maybe even rainy coastal weather. You see, knights in armor and horses running around on fields kind of plow up the earth and make this substance we usually refer to as mud, which might bog down a bit. Pinning the cavalry in open areas where the 250-yard away reach of the longbow would thin down the ranks of the French knights in shining armor. Okay, maybe the armor wasn't shining by this point, but they were still in armor. And the English would pluck their longbows, and I believe this is where the term pluck you came from, as well as the English two-finger gesture that is considered so vulgar and offensive over there. But after years of this, the French king, John, had decided to accept treaties giving away up to one-third of France in concession. But this victory by Henry V, taking Normandy and having a large battle on a thousand-yard battlefield, where after mowing down the cavalry, he sent his well-maneuvered archers forward and slaughtered the French knights who were still stuck in the mud in hand-to-hand -hand combat, wound up giving them all of the lands that I had mentioned, but once again, only for a period of time, because eventually King John of France had a son who restored the land back to the French. Needless to say, even though they never openly went to war with each other after that, there was a bit of animosity that was shared between the two nations. This animosity worked years later for the American colonies in the New World as they were seeking their independence from England. France had many people that were more than willing to pitch in and lend us a hand. So in a way, the Hundred Year War helped establish the United States of America in a convoluted sort of way. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by joining me on Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash Ranlaw. I have no weapons, but a weapon can be made. Knowledge of her power. Tokushi.
Kimpo. You have been listening to Adventure Seekers Welcome, Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards Tolerated. Once again, I am Ryan Law reminding you to follow your dreams.